Hey, I'm Bruce Weinstein, and this is the podcast Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And I'm Mark Scarborough, and together with Bruce, we have written three dozen cookbooks. And in this episode of our podcast, we're going to put our cooking chops to the test because we are making homemade chili crisp. Mm. If you don't know what chili crisp is, well, I feel sorry for you, but also we're <laughs> going to tell you what chili crisp is. Oh my gosh, chili crisp is one of my favorite things in life. So we're going to make a batch here on the air and let you know how it goes. If you want to see this recipe, it lives on our website, bruceandmark.com. It also will be in our newsletter, which you can sign up for on our website, bruceandmark.com. And, of course, we'll post this recipe in our Facebook group, Cooking with Bruce and Mark. Oh, it's all Bruce and Mark, Bruce and Mark, Bruce and Mark, everything's <laughs> Bruce and Mark. So we'll post the recipe there on Facebook in the group, Cooking with Bruce and Mark. But besides Chili Crisp, we've got a one-minute cooking tip coming right up, and we'll tell you what's making us happy in food this week. This week's one-minute cooking tip for the richest and easiest whipped cream. Now, this is Mark, getting you ready for the holidays. It is getting you, and I don't want you jumping on me, Mark, because I know this isn't how you like to do whipped cream. But I this know. is how I I'm like to do let it. Let it happen for the richest and easiest whipped cream. Use a hand blender or, you know, those immersion blenders, stick, stick blenders, blenders, that's what they're yeah. called. Stick blender. So you're going to take one cup or two cups of cream if you want to make a lot. Now, remember, when you whip cream, it doubles, right, in volume. Right, right, right. So be prepared. So you're going to then pour that into, I like to use a Pyrex little measuring pitcher, and I use one twice as big as the cream. So if I have one cup of cream, I use the two-cup Pyrex pitcher, two cups of cream, I use the one-quart pitcher, put the stick blender in the bottom, press the button on it, and it starts to whirl around, and then you end up with a very dense, not an airy, but a dense, dense. rich whipped cream without all the splatter that you get when you use a hand mixer. And if you want to get it even denser, make sure that the whipping cream is cold, Mm -hmm. really, really cold, Mm -hmm. like right out of the refrigerator. And if you want to get it even denser, put that measuring vessel that you use to whip it in, put that in the refrigerator overnight for when you make the cream. The colder everything is, and you can even put the blade of the stick blender (laughs) in the refrigerator. The colder everything is, the denser the whipped cream will ultimately be. So there's your one-minute cooking tip. That will get you ready for the holidays. And now we're going to get you ready for something else. We are (laughs) going to make chili crisp on the air. So get ready. Mark and I have talked about chili crisp a lot on this podcast, right? It's been our <laughs> what's making us happy in food this I week. It's been chili lots crisp. of things on the thing is it's expensive. It can be. Now well, the the sure. basic plain Laogama chili crisp. <laughs> I love this. The basic plain. It was the revelation chili crisp for everyone. Laogama. It was. And that woman is now like a billionaire and drives around China in her limousine. But, and you okay. could still buy bottles of her chili crisp for about four bucks a bottle. You know, in most Asian markets, yeah, in Whole Foods, you probably spend seven on it, but okay. But you want to go buy Mama Fuko Chili Crisp oh, or, well, you, you know, Fly by Jing. You're going to pay 11 12 14 bucks for these tiny or little jugs. Oh, my goodness, $16. S-Z-E Daddy, She Daddy. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. She Daddy has a funkiness about it that I absolutely love. So before we get into going on and on about what we're about to do here, let's just talk about if you don't know what a chili crisp is. A chili crisp is a condiment. It is favored in certain regional Chinese cuisines, and it is essentially a mixture of spices and, as the name suggests, 
tons of dried chilies. And, and then, oil, of course. And oil and then tons of different mix-ins. And what happens is through the oil and the chilies and the spices, you create a condiment that you can spoon on dumplings. Mm-hmm. You can add to noodles. I stir it into everything. Bruce puts it on top of hamburgers. Oh, gosh. Yes. Um, you really can do everything with this chili crisp. Well, okay, you can't paint your house with it. <laughs> well, I you bet can't you could. It'd be bad. your bedroom <laughs> with it. But um, you can do so much in the kitchen with this chili crisp. It would be a delicious accompaniment to a roast at Christmas. Mm. You can mix it with mayonnaise for a spread for sandwiches. You can mix it into butter for a spread to dip into. It is so versatile. And let's get going. So the technique for chili crisp is pretty much the same across the board. And that is where you take your dried ground up chilies, all your other spices, whatever optional add-ins you're going to use from sesame seeds to shredded coconut. And then you're going to heat up oil and pour it over the top so the whole thing sizzles together. But I want to talk about the different kinds of chilies you can use because the different chilies will give you a completely different personality to your chili crisp, right? right go on. Chili de Arbol is, is very commonly used. They are yeah. those small little red chilies. They are very, very hot. And so I don't like to use them exclusively. You, you may know them from sometimes used in North American Chinese dishes. If you see that long, red, thin chili in a hot dish that's mm-hmm. sitting there and people say, oh, don't eat the chilies. Well, mm-hmm. the, I have a friend in Texas who eats them all. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, that's that's that chili de arbol. You can use standard American chili flakes that you get in the spice rack at your supermarket. Yeah. You can use. It seems, but it seems like standard, you, you can for this recipe, use chili flakes, but it seems like they would be weird. Um, they, uh, my problem with chili flakes that are sold in the spice rack of North American supermarkets is that they're very monochromatic. They don't have they any are. depth of they chili. That, it, good chili flavor has citrus notes, high notes, mm-hmm. lemony notes, acid notes. It has all kinds of wild flavors to it, and it's not just burning hot. I have bought pre-ground Chinese uh, chili in mm-hmm. Asian markets, and I find that those are so hot also. They give me more flavor than the chili day or bowl, but I like to ideally grind my own, and my favorite chilies are Erjing Tao. Okay, now you're going to have to explain what an Erjing Tao chili an is. Erjing Tao chili is the, the chili of Sichuan, China. It is a very long, dark red chili, very narrow, skinny, long chili. It is incredible. Incredibly flavorful, full of a fruitiness and yeah, a little sweetness. Definite, with, definite fruit flavors. With a mild heat. Now, mild heat from my palate, and they I think a lot of books that I read about Sichuan food actually call it a mild chili. A sweet chili sometimes. Yeah. Even. By it's most not, American it's, it's palates, hot. it's going to be a hot chili. It's hot. Now, it's not burning hot, and when I eat it, I don't just faint. Bruce also uses pickled urging towels for some Chinese mm-hmm. braises, and they're not, they don't knock you out, and they you can don't. easily eat them and not be bowled over in your chair if you like spicy food. there I have many friends who I would never serve Erjing Tao chilies right. to because it would knock them out. Well, I have 50 grams here, okay. and it's about in the, the size I have, there's about 12 of them. And I'm just using a scissor to cut off the stem end. And I am not splitting them down the middle and pulling the seeds out because I want the seeds. You can yeah, do that. You I can like split hot. them. Some like it hot. 
I like it hot. And I'm going to cut these into, you know, like one-inch pieces, and I'm putting them into my little spice grinder. And I'm going to grind them up. Now, here's the trick. If there are any other spices you want to add, now's the time to put them into your spice grinder with the chilies. You need a big spice grinder, but you, you can put, you can now put in a little bit of dried cinnamon bark, you know, that mm-hmm. bar, those those barky yep. rolls of cinnamon. You can break off a little piece of that. You can put in a star anise you seed. You can put in some cloves. You can put in cardamom. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of different dried uh, or, uh, spices that you can put in. You can put in mustard seeds. You can put in coriander yep. seeds. So think hard dried spices. Black peppercorns you can put in here. White peppercorns, which is very actually traditional mm-hmm. in Chinese cooking, you can put in here. I'm going to put one star anise with these cut up chilies. And now I'm going to grind them. And I'm going to pulse it to make sure they get all ground up. Now I'm not looking for a powder. I'm going to stop it and take a look. I want these to look about the size of standard American red chili flakes. So that's what I'm going for. And this is pretty close. This is really nice. So now I am going to dump these into this. I have this two-cup Pyrex pitcher, the same thing I would have done the whipped cream in that we talked about the first segment. And I'm going to dump these chilies and the ground-up star anise into that. Okay, now to that, we're going to add two tablespoons of smoked paprika, and you can add mild smoked paprika, or if you're brave, you can add hot smoked mm-hmm. paprika but then understand it's going to get really hot mm-hmm. i like to use the mild here and we always do because it's sweeter and it kind of balances the chilies so two tablespoons of smoked paprika and then oh two maybe three teaspoons of ground sumac and now you're going to have to explain that sumac is a spice very popular in middle eastern cooking and it adds a tartness it's red it's like a burgundy a dark burgundy red it is not the same kind of sumac you have growing along the roadside in New England. It not is a, necessarily. This is a culin, so don't eat that because you don't know. Right, right. You want right. to buy culinary sumac, and I like it because— You also don't know about the stuff growing along the side, the varietal it is, and you also don't know about the pollutants right? from cars right. and et cetera settling on that sumac. But it adds a sourness not unlike what achar does in Indian food and the— the dried, uh, sour... That's char. That's not, that's not a char as in cooking. <laughs> like you've charred the steak and now it has a char on it. That's uh, Just to be clear, a char in Indian cooking. Which is that, you know, it's the ground sour mango and that adds... A, so this is really delicious for tartness and I'm going to put in two tablespoons of dehydrated onion which will add some more crunch and I like the onion flavor. And you always want to add granulated or caster sugar to chili mm-hmm. crisp. So we're going to put about a tablespoon of granulated sugar or caster sugar into it. Why? Because the sugar will actually balance all of those chilies and actually now here's a kicker for you. The sugar is a good heat delivery system. <laughs> so it's actually going to make the hot bits a little more present even as it balances them. So there you go. And then you need about a teaspoon of, we're using just table salt, right? Mm-hmm. You we could are. use kosher salt, but why? No, table salt will actually will dissolve into the yeah, oil. Now right. notice what was missing from here. Mark and I decided not to put any Sichuan peppercorns in this. We're getting enough heat from the Erzing Tao. Although you could. You could. If you wanted in that grinder, you could have thrown a teaspoon of Sichuan peppercorns. That would be perfectly fine. Right. And so now we need to pour oil over this, and it needs to be hot. The oil needs to be about 300 degrees. 
and we're having two-thirds of a cup of just vegetable oil. So what you want here is a neutral-flavored oil. So just any neutral-flavored oil will do. Corn oil, refined peanut oil, not unrefined, but refined peanut oil, safflower oil, canola oil, um, vegetable oil, all those, any kind of neutral flavored oil is what you're looking for mm-hmm. here. And because all of those aromatics are carrying all the flavor. Yep. I've poured it into a little skillet. I mean, this is a really tiny little six-inch skillet. Now, the oil is not deep enough for me to stick a candy or oil thermometer in to know when it gets to 300 degrees. So, so how do you know? I'm waiting for it to get a little shimmery. I don't want smoke coming off of it. Then it's going to be too hot, and my chilies are going to get a toasted taste that I don't want. So either you need a laser thermometer, which will tell you the temperature of it, or what you could do is what I learned when I took Chinese cooking classes. You take a chopstick and you take the wider end of it, the flat wider end of it, and you stick it straight up and down into that oil in the pan. And if bubbles start to come up around the bottom of that chopstick, the oil is hot enough. Okay, it looks like the bubbles are coming up around mm-hmm. the chopsticks. So now what Bruce is going to do is he's going to take this pan of oil and just pour it over everything in that measuring vessel. And that's why we used a heat-safe vessel because this oil is super hot. Pour it gently but quickly over the spices. They'll sizzle like mad. <laughs> it's really hot. You want to put ready. your vent on if you <laughs> have it because you will get fumes. Oh my. You want a ventilated space to do this. <laughs> this is going to be so good on scrambled eggs because it's burning me right now. Well, we're not done yet because now, and this is interesting, this is an ingredient that I can only ever find at Asian supermarkets. It's jarred pre-fried garlic. It's crunchy little bits of this garlic. Obscure. If you can't find this, then you need to chop up a couple tablespoons of garlic and fry it in the oil before you make this till it's crispy and brown. Couldn't I just put this in the two-thirds of a cup of oil and let it just right at the end and let the garlic kind of sizzle in there for a few seconds? Not a few seconds. It takes about a couple of minutes for this garlic to get this brown and crunchy. Wow. And you run the risk of then overheating your oil or yeah. burning the garlic. So I like, if you want to do that, cook the garlic first. It'll take a few minutes to get crunchy brown. Take it out. Then check your oil temperature, pour it over your chilies, and stir the garlic back in. After okay. right. we're stirring this up, this now has to cool, right? This has to go. So we're going to let this cool at least an hour, and then we're going to come back and taste it. So just to say, uh, Bruce has got it here in front of oh, him. You'll hear it amazing. in the jar. And what happened here is that that chili crisp went into a canning jar. What size jar? This is, is a pint jar. Okay, a pint jar. And then we put a lid on it and put it away for an hour or two. It's pretty wild. And I know it got a You know, this jar. is not as hot as I thought it was. It's hot. My throat is burning, but it's so flavorful. It's so delicious. There's so much going on in here. Mm. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> that that taste from when you killed me in the kitchen with the fumes. Mm, that's good. No, but it's really good. I, I'm being, I'm being uh, not very serious, but it is so complex. This is so much better than uh, yeah, no shade on Laogong Ma, but it's so much better than her stuff because it's that's fresher. Good. This is also much garlickier. Yep. Much, much garlickier. I want to put this on Friday. And actually, now that I've swallowed it and I'm talking for a minute, of course, it's always the case with me, um, everything's <laughs> cooled down. Yeah. I mean, I don't even feel it anymore nope. in my mouth. That's it's the gone. really, that's, 
that's the fun part of eating hot food and chili for me is that you eat it and it burns what's in your mouth and then you swallow it and then the burn goes away and then you just want to have more and, and you want to keep going back for more and every time the cool goes away, you go for more. So I have added chili crisp to chicken salad. I have mm. put it on fried eggs. I put it on scrambled eggs. I've mixed it with ketchup and put it on fried potatoes. I've mixed it with sour cream on baked potatoes. We've actually just had it on its own over dumplings, of course, even, and I now you're going to die from cookbook writers even frozen dumplings out of the supermarket why not why not that we have steamed quickly at home for a fast dinner and we put chili crisp on top of it using chili crisp like this is fantastic now where you can find this recipe again is of course here on the podcast but you can also find it on our website cooking with bruce and or bruce and it all goes to the same place you can look it up there the recipe lives there you can also find it in our facebook group cooking with bruce and mark and if you've signed up for our newsletter you'll get it there so there's a lot of ways to get this recipe and honestly i have to tell you that if you put this in little tiny canning jars and seal them up and store them in the fridge it makes a great new year's gift for new year's parties oh, to bring to people and also little wonderful treats to give people who come to your house on their way out. Let them leave with little tiny jars of chili crisp so they can remember you. Okay. Uh, well, boy, will they. Okay, so that's uh, it for our t- making a recipe on air now. Let's turn to what we always do, what's making us happy in food this week. So what's making me happy in food this week is something that we made on the air for Portland TV. If you don't know, we are on the air about once a month for Portland, Oregon AM TV, and we shoot it from our house in New England. It's really funny. So it's morning TV there, but it's about noon, our time, and we shoot it on our iPhones, and we're on with Helen, the host, and we are always making some recipe, and recently on the air, and you can probably go to AM Northwest and check out the video and the recipe for this, we made a broccoli cheese casserole in the air fryer from our book, The Look and Cook Air Fryer Bible. And I want to tell you when that segment ended, I ate half that nine-inch square (laughs) of broccoli cheese casserole. It was so delicious. It's such an easy recipe from our book. You make a bechamel in the microwave with flour and milk and salt and pepper. You pour it over thawed frozen broccoli florets that have had some melted butter poured over them. Then you put cheese in that bechamel, and then you cover the top of it with cheese, and then you just bake it in the air fryer for, what, eight minutes at 375 mm-hmm. or something? That's all it takes. Oh, my gosh. It's so crunchy and delicious. I literally had to save myself by throwing half a pan out after taping that episode for Portland Morning <laughs> TV. Okay. There's my confession and my uh, nightmare, but it was really tasty. What's making me happy in food this week is a Belgian-style hard cider which I got from Nine Pin Cidery in uh, Albany, New York. You seem to be talking about Albany all the time. We are. We went into Nine Pin when we were there, and I was asking the woman to describe all the ciders to me, and all she basically said is that they're all the same. She was so helpful. She was so unhelpful. (laughs) She said, oh, they're all the same. It was ridiculous. (laughs) We actually said, can you help us choose a cider? And she literally said, I'm not making this up, they're all the same. And I'm like, no, they're not. (laughs) And do better. I said to Bruce as we walked out, I said, the least she could have done is just made it up. She could have at least (laughs) said, well, this one's tart and this one's sweet. Right? Because, you know, I would have bought them. This one tastes like, you know, freshly opened tennis balls. (laughs) (laughs) And dryer lint. This This has a dryer lint quality about it. I know. It's like, just listen, make it up. You're paid to be here. So just do something. But, but I bought anyway, a few. Anyway, she didn't. So, no. But there was one that, that was made with Belgian yeast. And I said to her, what does that taste like? She said, Belgian yeast. 
I'm like, oh, that's so helpful. Thanks for being so helpful. So, <laughs> but what it does taste like? Anyway, go ahead. Is it tastes earthy, and it tastes it does it tastes very earthy and almost a little dirty, but it's also sweeter than I usually like cider to be. It has a quality almost like those Belgian beers, which could be on the sweet side, and mixed with the apples, it was actually really good. So I'm really enjoying the Belgian farmhouse style cider from Ninth and Cidery. Yeah, uh, it's an interesting thing, and cideries are just everywhere. The kids everywhere. are crazy about. About cideries, yep. uh, you probably know if you listen to this podcast much that we went for a week on vacation to Asheville, North Carolina, and we spent an entire day going from cidery to cidery outside of Asheville. There are tons of them in Asheville, yeah. but we went to the ones out in the hills and hollers around Asheville. We had such a great day tasting cider and looking out at the mountains. Some of those places are just gorgeous, and it didn't hurt that we found one of the best taco trucks to have lunch at mm. that we ever went to. It was true. We passed a taco truck, and I was like, um, when we come back. Out of the holler from the cidery, we're going to stop at this taco truck. The taco truck yonder. Yeah, yonder, over yonder. We're going to stop at that over yonder. Wait, I can do it. When we come out of the holler, we're going to go by that taco truck over yonder. Excellent. <laughs> and you notice I said it correct for my mother, a taco. A taco truck. Taco truck. So anyway, um, yeah, anyway, uh, it was great. So the cideries are everywhere. That's our podcast for this week. I'm oh, really, we banged on enough. So, um, Really, we've talked too much, but that's our podcast for this week. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate your being with us. Thanks for supporting us by rating and liking this podcast. We appreciate your support. And every week, we tell you what's making us happy in food. So go to our Facebook page, Cooking with Bruce and Mark. Share what's making you happy in food this week so that we can share more food with you here on Cooking with Bruce and Mark.